This program is sponsored by Proponacy, where I'm the president and CEO. Proponacy is the Greek word for coaching. We provide SaaS technology to centers like yours. Most contact centers struggle with their people, whether it be overcoming monotony, attrition, or getting superior performance. Our solution makes it easier and cost-effective to get even more than you could possibly have expected from your front line. The result is loyal customers, engaged employees, and winning, provable, profitable results. You can reach us at Proponacy.com. You are being forwarded to the Contact Center Coach. I'm sure you've heard the term before. In most likelihood, when you heard the term, it it wasn't in a pleasant experience. Um, Somebody at work um, screwed you over, or perhaps you had a a friend that you were doing some sort of business, or maybe you were selling something, and, and it didn't quite work out the way it was supposed to. It didn't end up being even. And they gave you that infamous term, it's not personal, it's strictly business. And what I've found uh, through life is that is that business is very, very personal. There's just not really any way to separate the two. And what's interesting is, is that that term became iconic or it became famous long, long time ago. There was a, a movie called The Godfather, which I don't know if you've ever seen it or not, but if you have... Um, then you then you know the term, and if you haven't, then perhaps you should look it up. It, it's it's not in black and white, but it's it's pretty close to black and white. And it was uh, uttered by uh, Don Carleone, and it was uh, 1972, so it goes way way back. And the term, of course, describes the fact that this isn't this isn't about you. It's it's about business, and that somehow or another, there's a separation between. What happens in business and what happens to you, and and yes, the company is is not a person, and what happens in the, in the business is the business, but it's always connected to you, if you're connected to the business or connected to that particular circumstance. And I always find it somewhat ironic that you'll run into people in the uh, in 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 your business world that it's very very personal for them because it is all about them and everything revolves around them, so it becomes very very personal. And I'm sure you've. Um, You've met that person before, where they where they say, um, you know, uh, enough about me. What do you think of me? And it is totally, completely personal because all of life and all of business and all of everything revolves around them. Well, I'm going to jump off that uh, that concept, and I'm going to talk about all about you, or all about us, or all about the individual. And I thought today we would just focus on you. And getting a promotion. Do you want a promotion? Are you looking for a raise? Of course you are. We would all be crazy not to want a raise and promotion. Of course, we all want world peace and an end to hunger as well. Uh, Let's be clear. A promotion and a raise are solely the responsibility and authority of your boss and company. Yet, we can also be clear that promotions and raises go to people that stand out, make a difference, and enjoy visible success. It may seem like that in the contact center, there are far more obstructions and potholes uh, leading to failure uh, than there are secrets to success. I mean, you've got turnover, monotony, technology, competition, ups and downs of any service or product offering, just to name a few. The great news is, is that there are keys to success. The other great news is that they're simple, basic, and attainable. So without further ado, here are the two keys 
to you getting a promotion and a raise. And of course, also to being successful in the contact center. Are you ready? Here they are. Number one, have more successful people. Number two, keep successful people around. Duh. Simple, right? Too simple. As you already know, it's much harder than it looks. And as always, the devil is in the details. But I promise you that if you do these two things, you will be on your way to getting a promotion and a raise. So let's go. Number one, have more successful people. The shortcut to having more successful people in your organization would just be to hire the right ones, right? Hire perfect employees. Every single one of them is really, really smart, really, really bright. They show up to work on time. They never cause any sort of a problem. They retain all of your product information. They've got all the soft skills necessary to deliver positive tone and and empathy and professional etiquette and their listening skills. Their listening skills are off the off the charts. If we could just just do that, then we would always have successful people. Well, the reality is that's not what happens. And it doesn't happen because it's kind of impossible to make it happen. We 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 bring in all sorts of different people. Nobody nobody when they're growing up decided they wanted to be a professional call center person. Um, you've got, you know, actors and actresses and and hopefully future CEOs someday. The reality is, is that we we bring in a mix of people, and you've heard me talk about it before. We end up with three types of people in our center, roses, daisies, and weeds. Roses are our best employees. They're the ones that lead. Uh, They've got the the best results, but they usually can be a little bit prickly, and we have a tendency to reward this group and, in many instances, over-reward them. We've got our daisies, which represents about 60% of the organization. These are our average employees, and they're, they're, they're good, but they're just not great. We have a tendency to ignore this group. And then, of course, we've got our weeds, which is the final 20%. And we're either trying to give them back to the community or or we're trying to struggle through them. Or we're trying to wait for somebody else to come on board. And so with those three groups, uh, you know, you always have those three groups. Now, no matter what the circumstances, you're going to ha- always have those three. So, so the way that we approach this, the way that we attack this is, is that we have to have more success in every one of those categories. We want to report the success of all th- all three of them. And we, we do this by measuring everything, which you know we already do. We're already measuring everybody, but we're trying to find somebody doing something right. Because there's lots of success going on, and the way that you have more success is that you look for it and you find it. And we create more success when we build more successful experiences. So I immediately have to do a personality check because you're either a glasses half full or a glasses half empty kind of person. And uh, this is a glass is half full perspective. So if you're immediately feeling a little bit out of kilter, you might have to you might have to work through this. And let me be crystal clear. I does not mean that we let poor performance go or that we ignore key areas of improvement that are needed, nor does it mean that we lose focus on the key KPIs that are necessary for us to be successful. What it does mean is that we look for and find success that can only be a positive step towards achieving the company goals. Yes, we're going to find success. Yes, we're going to celebrate success. Yes, we're going to we're going to focus more attention on success. It doesn't mean we're going to lose out on any of the other things that are that are critical to you being successful at your job and, and most important, the company being successful at what they're trying to accomplish. 
but we are going to try to create more success. So how do we do that? Well, the first thing we're going to do is we're going to put customer feedback first. Now, when I say customer feedback first, I'm not saying that it's the priority because I know that you're already you're already connected to NPS or FCR or CSAT or whatever the other KPIs that you have. What I'm saying is that customer feedback first means that if we can get the customer data, the customer feedback into our employees' hands as quickly as possible, we're going to have more success. And the reason for that is, is because for the most part, the, the feedback and, and, and that you get from your customers is usually positive, and in many instances, is it's very encouraging, especially the customer words. And, and there's no better data for creating success in your center than, than this positive customer feedback. So we want to get that into their hands and we want to celebrate it. And customer feedback, customer words actually changes behavior. You know, if somebody tells you you're a jerk, you probably don't, don't think about it. But if three people tell you you're a jerk, you begin to think, hey, I may be a jerk. Well, it's the same way with 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 customer feedback, customer words, they really can change behavior when they need to, but they also can be encouraging. And when things are down and 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 we're really busy and there's a lot of stress going on and people are tired, and you get a customer that comes in and says, "I just want to tell you how marvelous Jill was. She was spectacular. You need to hire more Jills. You need to give Jill a raise. Um, she was amazing. I could hear the smile in her voice." Those are all encouraging, and they all breed success. So we're going to put customer feedback first. Second, we're going to increase our, our, our coaching touches and connections. This means we need to connect with our employees more. If we force more connections, we're going to have more information with which to then celebrate success, and we'll be able to look at it. So do you measure how often you connect with your with your employees, whether it be you individually or if the people work for you, you know, do you measure management by walking around or management by talking around? You should. And the reason for that is, is because it, it really does make a difference how often you connect with your employees. And, and I'm not talking about uh, team meetings or one-on-ones. Those are very, very important. But it's those it's those times when we connect that just just the walk up connects or the talk up connects where we really gather that extra information and that extra information really makes a difference in our ability to be able to to learn more about the employee and create more coaching connections. Now, if your first thought is, well, Michael, that that works really well, except the fact I can't walk around to anybody anymore uh, because they're they're all all my employees are remote, which means I need to do management by talking around and I have to do it over the phone. And my thought is, well. Oh my, that that's got to be hard because now you've got to make this connection, make these professional relationships, and all these things over the phone. It, it's too bad we didn't have professional communicators that could do that. Oh yes, we we do have professional communicators. That's you. You're a professional communicator because that's what you do. Your business and profession is talking over the phone, and there's probably a pretty good chance that you already were someone who talked over the phone. So you're the perfect person to make this connection with your employees. And to, and to do that with them. So I think that that's something that you're capable of doing and you should be able to do, so you can go for that. So the third one is, is that we're going to intentionally create passion for the company's KPIs uh, for our employees. We really need them to, to be passionate about what it is we're doing, and, and, and passionate also means personal. So we have to do things that are personal to the agent because every single agent has a different set of challenges, a different set of successes, and we need to know those, which means it needs to be personal. 
And we have a tendency in the organization to embrace diversity, yet we treat everybody the same, but we can't we can't achieve the success we want if we treat everybody the same because everybody's individual. And so we, we can we make sure, obviously, that we're fair and we're equal and we're doing all the things we need to do there. But every one of the coaching experiences has to be different. It won't work. And once we understand the individual, once we understand what motivates them, what we understand what's important to them, what, what we understand that they need to work on to be successful, then we can, we can drive focus and attention to those KPIs or those areas that need to work on. So if somebody's working on CSAT, for someone, it may be empathy, but for somebody else, it might be uh, job knowledge or listening skills. So in one instance, it might be um, uh, fun that drives the passion, and another one, it might be fame that drives it. So we need to understand that. So we can, we can have plenty of success in the organization. We've just got to figure out a way to make sure that we know what it is we're working on and how we're working on that. And when we do those three things, what we do is we begin to have more successful people. And if I've got more successful people, then we're halfway there because the second step is keeping successful people around. When I started this message, you said, okay, having successful people, I kind of get that. Keeping successful people around, now there's one that'll get me a promotion. There's something that'll get me a raise because that is a hard thing to do. Turnover for a company that has a history of high turnover is usually a high effort and low return challenge. The the key to reducing turnover is reducing the turnover of everyone in the center. But most important, it's reducing the turnover of the successful people. The people that aren't successful, we want to control their turnover because they're probably not going to make it, but they need to not make it when we're ready to have them not make it because we've got to get somebody else up and running into their seats. And in this particular time period, it's pretty hard to find new people. And so uh, so we want to control the turnover of the people that we don't, but we want to reduce the turnover of successful people who say, well, well, I'm not sure that can be done. Well, yes, it can. I, I've got a client right now that has about 300 people in their center, and over the first six months of this year or seven months, six months of this year, they've had, you know, they've got overall turnover in the, in the 20s, but their top 100 people, they've lost like 3% of those people. And their top 150 people, they're like at 8 or 9%. And all of their turnover has been at the, at the higher end. It, it, it's still higher end turnover, but they've been able to hold on to their successful people. If you can hold on to your successful people, that's a winner. That, that's something that you can bank on. That's something that people will notice. So, so in order to keep successful people around, in order to keep them around, we have to connect them to the company, to their supervisor, and their peers. We need to create a reason for people to want to stick around. Remember, people tend to repeat things that they do well. Right, so if, if we if we if we get them having success at their jobs, we create a successful employee. It makes it easier for them to stick around, and we achieve this first by connecting them to the company. Well, how do we do that? Number one, we have to focus on the individual. Listen, everyone's dialed into the same radio station, WIIFM. What's in it for me? I've already told you that nobody ever really grows up wanting to be a contact center agent. So the point is, is that we need to understand what the story is associated with that employee, and we need to we need to figure out how we take that story of the employee 
and allow them to achieve and and embrace success at our company. So wherever they're going, whatever they're going to do, whatever the time period is they're they're going to be with us, we want to create an environment where they're successful and they want to stick around. I mean, ultimately, when anybody leaves, if when they leave, they would say, you know what? This company wasn't perfect. Not that sure any company is perfect, but you know what? I had an opportunity to grow. My manager was someone that um, that I liked working with. I enjoyed my peers, and you know what? And 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 I was better when I left than when I started. If we can accomplish that, then we really have accomplished something, and we'll keep a lot more people around. But we need to know what they like, what they do, what's not working, um, their hobbies, entertainment, anything that that interests them that helps us to know how to connect them. Because the company's never going to be their friend because the company isn't isn't a friend. It's it's not a human. It can't be friendly. But we can create an environment where they're where they feel connected and they know how they fit into the work environment. And that requires you to do some some research, right? And I'm not talking about creepy research. I'm just trying talking about trying to get to know them. Trying to get to know how you can connect them and know what's important to them as an individual. Know why they're working. Maybe they're working because they have to um, take care of a take care of their kids, or they're the, they're the 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 um, the most important uh, person to bring income into their family. Or maybe it's a combination of two. Or maybe they're maybe they're working because they eventually want to do something else, and 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 they've got a goal to go back to school, or they they you know they want to open a business, or Whatever the reasons are, you need to figure that out and understand that so that you can connect them to the to the company and and connect them to the people in the company. And we do that by knowing a little bit more about them because if we focus on the individual and we know them, then the second thing we need to do is to connect them to the people in the center. And when we do that, we create a bond that builds relationship. And when we, we, when we build relationship, we get people to leave, at least not right away. Turnover is going to be inevitable. But if we can just delay their departure whether it be days, weeks, months, or years, every extra day we get with talented people is a win for the organization. You've heard me talk about this before, but any sort of connection that we can make, whether it be uh, whether it be we, we, we open up and, and understand who's a, a Friends TV show fan or a Game of Thrones fan or who likes dogs and who likes cats or, or anything that allows us to connect people together to show things that they have in common when we do that, we create connection. Just think about arriving at a national convention and meeting somebody from your home state um, or, or maybe even a, a fellow Dallas Cowboys fan. Um, you, you feel some connection to that person in a sea of strangers. This is really what we're trying to accomplish in the center. We're trying to connect them up. And of course, when you're a supervisor, you're also trying to find something that you have in common, something that you can talk about with them on a regular basis. And and maybe you have nothing in common with them, but you know, you know, because you both have different hobbies, or you know, you're into sports, they're into music, whatever it is. But I promise you, if you dig deep enough, you will find something that you have in common with anyone. Hey, you and I both have something in common, and the fact. That, that odds are pretty good you can hear and I can talk. So we have that in common because I can talk and you can listen. And you know what's crazy is I also can hear as well. So we've we've got that in, we've got that in common. And so you know odds are pretty good we both we both live um, you know in the United States. And, and if not, then we, we both live in the world or we live in the Northern Hemisphere or whatever the combination is that you want. There are many ways to create commonality. And once we once we make those connections, then the third thing is we create opportunity for success and experiences together. Right? Because now what we can do, because we've, we've got belonging to the organization, I'm not trying to trick them or fool them. I'm just trying to create a shared experience to build a bonding that, that's normal that goes beyond 
just getting a job and getting a paycheck. A great example of this is is childhood camp. I mean, I don't know whether you ever went or not, but but if you did, whether it was a good experience or a bad experience, you're most likely bonded to the people that went. Maybe it was the awful bus ride or the horrible food or or a scary counselor, might be the huge tire swing, the you know, rock diving or scary stories at night, whatever it was, you have a connection with someone immediately because of your experience. And and this is whether you went at the same time or you went years later, it's magnified it because you uh, because you experienced it, and it's even more magnified if you experience it together. So how do we make this happen in a contact center? How do we get this connection to occur? Well, number one, we have to shake things up. You have to shake things up. If that makes you uncomfortable, you don't have to be. Because we can we can shake things up and not create any sort of huge roadblocks or unnecessary extra work. We want to find ways to look at the business through a different lens. That lens is connections and new groupings of your employees. So we could staff priority based on TV shows. Game of Thrones first, Big Bag Theory second, uh, pick your third show third. We could run our next contest between dog lovers and cat lovers. We could create new supervisor groups based on early risers and late night people. You get the idea. By changing the way we look at the organization, we embrace the different interests, the different pursuits, and we put people together. Second thing is, is we pursue any sort of connection that we can. And that means that we, we, we engage games and training and coaching that uses the connections that creates any sort of stickiness. Stickiness that lets people stick around. So if I'm in a game with you, I may not I may not leave that game if we're winning or I'm competing with you. I may stick around just for a little bit longer because you beat me last time or I want to beat you this time. Now, now what does that mean? Well, maybe there's a maybe there's a new job opening somewhere else and maybe I, I maybe I saw it, but I but I don't pay attention to it because I really want to finish this game. By the time I finish the game, perhaps that that job has gone away. And all we're trying to do is to is to keep people around for a little bit longer and obviously to connect them more. And if we do that, they may stick around a little bit longer. And so we need to be constantly looking at new ways and new ideas and new ways to connect people and bring them together. Because when we do that, we create a reason for people to stay, to perform better, or to simply have more success. And a final way that you do that is to just create legacies. We need to create and celebrate some legacy achievements. These are the kind of achievements that leave a mark on the center. You know, these are called tombstone achievements, right? They're the kind of things that 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 you leave a mark when you when you left. So, um, if you measure customer experience, and you should be measuring customer experience, ten thousand perfect scores, or maybe it's a hundred thousand perfect scores. How many has your center had this year? How many perfect scores in a row have your are your employees getting? How many hire Marys or give Mary a raises do you have? When they get a lot of comments like these, these these are important to your business. You should memorialize them. Uh, number of grades that they get, uh, perfect attendance, adherence, sales, and of course, years of service. Just a few of the areas that you can measure, measure legacy achievements. Be a place where your person, where a person can come to your center, make a difference, and be recognized for their contribution, and really be recognized for their contribution when they make a mark on your organization. Everything about work is personal. No matter what anybody says, no matter what the Godfather said or Don Corleone says, business is always personal. Everything about the contact center is very personal. If we embrace the people in our center and we connect them, we'll we'll hire and we'll have more successful people and they'll stick around 
So this is the longest podcast that I've ever done, and it seems reasonable since it's the longest podcast because it's we're talking about getting you a raise or getting you a promotion, so it should be the longest one. But you know what? Next time, I'll probably shorten it up a little bit because I think we've stretched the time a little bit too much here today. Anyway, listen, it's been great to talk to you. I hope you've learned a lot. I hope it's something that you can apply to getting that promotion and raise. As always, you're fully capable of being a great leader. I know you're capable. You know you're capable. Just make it so. Look forward to speaking to you next week. Bye-bye now. You are being forwarded to the contact center coach.